Hi, hello, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read a sexy erotic story to you and you listen to it. We then come on to a bit of chat about the sexy story. Continuing from previous weeks, it's another chapter of Lesbian Slave Island by the author Fit and Trim, uh, which I found on literotica.com. As always, I've not read this chapter ahead of time. I don't know what's going to happen in it, so my reaction will be the first reaction that I have to it, and I'll be reading it for the first time at the same time you're listening to it. I assume for the first time, although maybe you like listening to this so much that you have listened to it two times. That would be bizarre. But we're not here to judge, just as I don't... Well, I do judge Lisa and Helen and Sasa a little bit, but much as I try to keep an open mind to their fantasies, I'm going to keep an open mind. If this is your fantasy to listen to this on repeat, then I'm not going to judge you. So enjoy it if you're that person. If you're one of the other people, one of everybody else, then this is the first time you've listened to Chapter 8 of Lesbian Slave Island. And uh, Chapter 8 seems like it's going to be a real doozy. I think it's going to be the first chapter where we actually have any action on the island itself. The subtitle of this chapter is At Last We Arrive on the Island. And again, this is a chapter with a red H symbol, which... I still have not confirmed the meaning of, but I assume it means hot, um, as in this is a hot story. So spicy narrative, perhaps also hot in terms of popularity. Sometimes that's what hot means these days. Very hot and popular. Um, it's been labelled as a BDSM story rather than a lesbian sex story, and it was released on the 3rd of the 17th? No, come on, this is an American date format, which I'm not used to. On the 17th of the 3rd, 2018. So that's uh, just over six months after Chapter 7. So it's been a few months. Unfortunately, last time we had some of our regular readers, our regular commenters, absent. And I'm hoping that they'll have rejoined for this chapter although i haven't checked so i don't know i'll have to wait until the end to see that i should do a recap before we jump straight into it a bit of an overview of the training procedures we had a bit of information about the orgasms that lisa had given helen and sasa both of those seem to be oral orgasms and we also had a bit of the preliminary experimentation of the fantasies that Lisa has said are her ultimate fantasies. So it seemed like she experienced the stool fantasy in all its glory, although we as readers and listeners only got a small bit of description about what that was like. So just a little tease for us, but at least Lisa got the full experience. And we had some more detail about some of the preparations for the horse, not the horse fantasy, it's the chariot fantasy, where Lisa is treated as a horse. She's on the diet of grains and nuts and seeds and vegetables, and she's being fed from the hand, wearing the horse face harness, uh, the facial harness of a horse, and presumably loving it. We also got a little bit of insight into the relationship dynamics between the trio. Felt like there was a lot going on between Sasa and Lisa in the last 
last couple of chapters, really, seems like there was some favoritism going on, but we've had it confirmed via a quick conversation between Helen and Lisa, who are a romantic couple, after all, that actually Helen is not bothered about the interactions between Sasa and Lisa. In fact, she is all in favor of it because it keeps Sasa, her younger sister, away from those naughty boys who she was involved with previously. Before we start chapter 8, subtitled At Last We Arrive on Their Island, this is a big old chapter though. It's got 6.7 thousand words, which is no small number of words. That's I think that's more than twice what we're used to. Uh, if we go back to the previous chapter, just very briefly, that only had 2.2 thousand words. That was a short and sweet one, granted, but this is more than three times that. So we're in for a real ride. And I think because of its extreme length, this is going to have to be a ride that we split up into two separate episodes of the podcast. Uh, that might be a disappointment for some of you because it does mean we're not going to get to the comments left on that chapter on the Literotica website in this episode. But we will do a full relay of the comments on the next one when we conclude this chapter. So this is a sort of two-parter, this chapter, because having seen its length, we're going to be way over time here. So we just need to make sure that we're, this is this is still going to probably be a long episode, um, but it would be way too long if we did the whole chapter. So it's, you know, it's going to be a good one, but I warn you now, it's going to be artificially split into two by me, the narrator, rather than by Fit and Trim, the author. So there's, that's a little warning for you, which I hope doesn't get in the way of your enjoyment. Certainly it was enjoyed broadly by the readers on Literotica.com. It got a 4.55 rating out of 5. 35,000 people viewed it. 24 people liked it out of those 35,000. Anyway, without any further ado, here is Chapter 8 of Lesbian Slave Island. Preparations for the island included calling my family members and friends. I was uncomfortable when one of my sisters said she'd love to visit for a week. After that discussion, Helen and Sasa conferred, and said my family and friends should visit, and during those visits it would be up to me how much I wanted to share that I was in a lesbian relationship, and or that I was a willing BDSM slave. My sister and a chosen friend or two were still thinking about whether to visit when it came time for us to leave for the island. At first, I enjoyed being dressed for the journey to the island. It was a brief break from the constant submissive orgy, ogling and exposure. I was quickly surprised I began to miss being naked and the feeling they actually owned me. Of course, I obeyed commands during the trip, but wearing clothes brought me back into a certain psychological equality and I knew that I could excuse myself from it all at any time up to taking my clothes off on the island. Helen had said that only after I did that would I continue to be their owned property. On the aeroplane, I frequently fantasised about what it would feel like once naked and again under the slave contract, but this time on a faraway island, from where there was no escape. It was scary. There would be no limits. Helen was nice, but would total power corrupt her? 
Sasa was already harsher than Helen, would the remoteness of the island and total ownership lead her to forget that she must not harm me permanently? Her erotic tortures of me might continue for hours, or even days. But I knew I must do it, live my fantasy. How could I back out? This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Being so utterly and always naked, vulnerable, so completely and really owned by these two arousing and beautiful sisters was too exquisite to let go. Yet, to be really owned and so far away from civilization, where things could get out of hand, was scary. What if Helen left me alone with Sasa for a week, and Sasa got carried away? Or what if she fell asleep while I was tied, and slipped, and I couldn't breathe? I could truly suffer, maybe even die. On the aeroplane, Helen sat in the aisle seat to my right, and Sasa by the window to my left. We often chatted as if we were all simply friends. Sometimes, however, Helen and I would whisper lovingly to one another. We discussed my deep desire for utter submission and humiliation, but only erotic humiliation of the kind that highlighted that I was totally owned, not personal humiliation. Things like being hand-fed, kept always highly aroused, the only nude person, displayed, wearing nose rings and collars, being trained, posing, prancing like a pony, kneeling, licking hands and feet, and obeying commands the only one being disciplined and tortured for erotic purposes. Sasa started whispered conversations with me. These exchanges became more loving as the flight continued. The highlights for me were when she admitted how hot she was for me, and when we discussed my deep longings for a fully real erotic experience. Sasa promised to fulfil this dream. Of that I had already had little doubt. So the more incredible part for me was near the end of the flight, when Sasa almost pleaded for me to follow through with this, to totally submit to ownership. I looked at her with a delighted but surprised smile. Seeing my expression, Sasa blushed and whispered she wanted this badly as well. I beamed in bliss. We reached their island after two boat rides. The first a ferry, the last was their boat. Only we three were on it. Helen drove it as Sasa helped navigate. I was suddenly overcome with nervousness, not looking at the sisters, only out across the water, and the passing unfamiliar tropical beaches and trees. Tired, I began to imagine the worst. I became afraid. I felt panicky. Helen noticed my expression, and appeared empathetic. When we disembarked, as Sasa tied up the boat, Helen whispered to me, Are you okay? I whispered back, I admit, I'm afraid. After a while she got it out of me. Helen and Sasa caressed my shoulders and hair lovingly and said they would be careful to never endanger me truly. They reminded me that my sisters or a friend or two might visit. That, of course, provided a way to escape if after a while I somehow did not like being a total slave. I could feel their earnestness and I smiled. I still felt shaky and nervous. Sasa led the way up the stone stairway while Helen climbed behind me, perhaps to comfort me, perhaps to ensure I didn't stumble in the fading light, perhaps to ensure I didn't panic and run. Of course, the only place to run was to the boat, the key to which I didn't have. Flowers surrounded the stairs. As we climbed, I saw the sea below in the evening light. What a feeling of calmness nature can provide. The moonlit, ever-moving waters were mesmerising. At the top we stepped onto a veranda with pots of flowers around the perimeters, two sides facing sea, 
one a walled garden, and the other a very charming villa. Sasa turned and smiled, and watched my reaction as she slid open the doors to a beautiful living room. She kept sliding doors until the entire villa-wide room was open to the warm sea air. Wow, you are really wealthy, I said. Helen smiled. Yes, while our slave, you will never need to worry about money, and the longer you are, the less you need to worry about money if, at the time of the contract milestones, you ever choose to stop being our property. I could not help but smile. I had felt unsafe just moments ago, and now I felt safer in their hands. While money could not buy them my love, it allowed for conditions and time for bliss. I took advantage of the fact that I was not a slave at that moment to ask whether their parents or they themselves controlled most of the money, and whether their parents or others might visit us by surprise. Helen reminded me about the trusts that continue to release funds as they get older. She also said we should know about visitors well in advance, and in enough time to move to the other island where they have a small cabin. Sasa added that they did not expect their parents to visit at all this summer, and if anyone did, it would most likely be their mother with their sister, and maybe a cousin or two. But unlikely. They had other plans. Helen held my gaze meaningfully as she told me that perhaps we would not have to move out for certain special visitors. My eyes widened in both excitement and fear. Helen laughed softly. Do not fear, my love. You will be the decider on that. She kissed me softly. But we should buy or build another villa on this or a nearby island where you would always be our 100% sex slave, our totally owned private paradise with our totally owned private love slave, she said. The villa was not that large, but the more interior rooms were more luxurious than the exterior sea-facing rooms. As we moved deeper inside, the walls, for example, went from wooden to fabric-covered. We got some good exercise unpacking the boat. We placed the boxes of slave equipment in a closet that could be more easily accessed to take them to the boat, should we choose to vacate. We ate some cold food and drank one glass of red wine each on the veranda overlooking the ocean. I became sleepy, and Helen led me to a bedroom of my own. She joked, Don't take off all your clothes, unless you're ready to commit to being my totally owned property. She winked with warm eyes and a smile to assure me. Good night, my love. We will all sleep apart and alone tonight. Tomorrow morning you can decide, showing me by being nude. Or you can wait till later, or even until the day after tomorrow or later in the week. I want you to be certain, she explained. With a peck on my lips, she left and closed the door. The travelling and the wine helped me fall asleep quickly. What also helped me fall asleep were positive thoughts and images of Helen and Sasser's beauty, their essential inner goodness, and I admit the comfort of their wealth, and by being their slave I could decide to go free some day. But I looked around. Why would I want to leave this place, at least no time soon? When I awoke, Helen was dressed in fashionable shorts and a sleeveless white shirt, sitting on the veranda, enjoying a coffee and the view. I joined her, dressed in the same clothes I wore travelling and sleeping, because they were my only clothes here. She smiled. She stood up, kissed my lips, and got me some coffee too. We talked for a while, resulting in my believing she was my girlfriend and love still. Though the slavery would be real, she and I were still girlfriends during those visits, if any and during those contract breaks, I would be free. Free, and free to choose to live my fantasy as their property again, or to choose to be free. Helen showed me around some more. 
a beautiful and safe place. Eventually Sasser awoke, and a pretty thirty-something maid came in with groceries and helped clean up. The maid kept focused on her tasks, but looked at me with curiosity a couple of times. I smiled and introduced myself. Her smile lit up the already bright, sunny day. I had awkwardly waved and put out my hand to shake, but she made it all seem fine. In a Spanish-style accent, she said she was Gabriela. Wondering why Helen had not mentioned her, and whether she might be surprising us during my naked slavery, I asked if she lived nearby. She grinned and said no. She only visits us every couple of days to check on the property, deliver groceries, take away the trash, and clean. Helen walked over and smiled, saying Gabriella was totally cool. Gabriella smiled. I'm not sure if in a knowing way or not. After Gabriella left on her small boat, we three enjoyed an outdoor, very healthy lunch. Helen said Gabriella was a single mother who could be trusted to take care of things. Helen nodded to me, and Gabriella could keep secrets. If I do become your slave, I said, at the word if, Sasser and Helen glanced, slightly worried at one another. Would Gabriella see? Have you already explained me? I asked. Helen smiled. Not yet, but I happen to know Gabriella is bi, and accepts everyone as they are, including their sexuality. I could not help but smile back suddenly relishing the idea of Gabriella seeing me naked, and as I thought more, I knew I was excited by the idea of her seeing me as a totally owned, naked, sex slave. I could not help it. Surprising even myself, I kept my clothes on all day. I began to enjoy Sasa and Helen flirting with me, complimenting me and my body, and being so nice to me, obviously wanting to ensure I would not change my mind. I enjoyed my power, and I was quite touched by their clearly strong desire to own me. Both Helen and Sasser reminded me at different times that day that when I took all my clothes off, the contract would engage. I smiled each time. They showed me around the island, including the trails. The island had several small sand beaches among the mostly tropical forested shores. Two of them were quite sheltered from view of the sea. The villa was at the top of a low hill with views in all directions. There was a neat, modern shed, in which were tools and boat things. A rather large cart was in there, too. Sasser said, Ooh, that reminds me of the chariot idea. You could be harnessed to it if we turn it backwards. Wouldn't you love that? she asked. She smiled so nicely to me, as if offering some wonderful toy or present. I began to nod and grin, and we all laughed. It was then I realised there had been no tension. I thought it charming that Sasser was trying to persuade me, and funny that she was persuading me to do something that most people would not want to do. I really liked Sasa. After dinner, and while all three of us cleaned, we chatted about our families and friends, and movies and TV shows. Helen and Sasa seemed to want to start our game, but I read their expressions and said, it's best if we all get one more night of solid sleep. I smiled shyly, looking down, and mumbled that I would probably start things off in the morning. I ended up not sleeping as well as I'd hoped I would, but well enough. I felt it would do, but thought to myself I could still put it off another day. Morning. I was up first, made coffee and washed fruit. On the veranda it struck me that my clothes needed washing for sure. I also felt it would be wonderful to enjoy this view and the coffee naked. So I did it. I dropped all my clothes in a tiny pile in the corner of the veranda. The breezes and the perfect temperature felt absolutely perfect on my nudity. Paradise indeed. 
I looked down at my hairless, lean body and began to be aroused. I was alone a surprisingly long time, and walked around the veranda. I thought how lovely and sweet Helen and Sasa are, yet so totally passionate and erotic. I knew then I could not put my clothes back on. In fact, I wanted no access to the clothes. I threw them as far as I could from the edge of the veranda into the bushes. I was doing my abs workout on the veranda when both Helen and Sasa walked out. Again, I was the only one nude. I jumped up, sweating and panting, and faced them. They were smiling. I smiled back. Well, I guess I'm yours, I smiled. They surprised me by hugging and kissing me lovingly. I told them I had imagined it would be some serious stripping ceremony, and this seemed much more loving. Helen noticed a bright article of clothing on a bush, and mentioned how committing such a gesture was. I nodded in agreement. No clothing for me, my owners, unless of course you order me to wear some. Sasa beamed. Now that's the slave I remember. Helen then made things a bit more serious again. The ceremony is a good idea, she said. I nodded, saying it would put into all our minds that this is real. Sometime today, for now I would like us to sit and eat breakfast and talk a bit, she said. Once breakfast was served, we each got our own, and we were sitting. I resisted the urge to cover my perky breasts. While I just loved being the only one naked, and our sitting and talking while I was naked, as if it were normal, my heart began to race. I admit I so very much loved being naked while they were not. Helen guided the conversation towards the contract and the fulfilment of deep longings. Discussing the contract reminded me how owned I was now, since I had taken every stitch of clothing off. Discussing our fantasies began to make me blush and feel aroused. Sasa asked me, What made you feel ready to be owned by us again? Still standing as if I were free, except for my nudity, I looked at Sasa to answer thoughtfully. Well, I had a good sleep, and I just wanted to be naked. Clothes felt uncomfortable. And besides, they were getting dirty. I don't have a change of clothes, I explained. Sasa smiled. You could have remained a little bit covered. I nodded, lowering my gaze. Yes, mistress. I wanted to feel all the air on my skin, and... I turned to Helen, self-consciously looking for sympathy. And I want the feeling of being owned. I simply must take this chance to live my dream. I glanced again at the smiling Sasa. And it is a chance of another kind, taking a chance. I'm a bit afraid, I admitted. Helen gently caressed my bare shoulder. I love you, and I would not let anything really bad happen to you, but if you were not at least a little afraid, it would not be so real either. You do want this to be real, to be really actually owned as our property? she asked. I nodded energetically. Sasa interjected. She's so cute, even nodding her head like that is so cute, she said. I shot a pleased smile towards Sasa. Helen appeared slightly annoyed that her sister was ignoring my trepidation. But Sasa continued undismayed. Her agreeing so much that she wants it as real as possible is so sweet, so adorable. I love our little slave girl, she said. Sasa grinned in happiness and enthusiasm. I studied her expression to see any clues of romantic love, or whether she only meant love with a small L. If I had to guess, it would be the latter. But I wasn't sure. Helen continued seriously. Then give in to this. Surrender to the reality and relish it. This will be real. It is already real now. We actually own you. You are our slave. 
You are our property, ours. My eyes shone, staring into Helen's eyes, hearing her say what I inwardly craved to hear. Yes, my owner, I nodded again. You too are perfect for owning me. I am so attracted to you, and I trust you, yet I know you will treat me as your actual property, and fully use me for your arousal and pleasure, without inhibitions. This couldn't be more perfect. If I don't do this now, I never will. I glanced at the still-grinning Sasser, who said, Yes, no inhibitions at all. The way she said that, with such joy, staring confidently and meaningfully into my eyes, it made me literally wet down there. I looked back and forth to my owners. Yes, my owners, I am fully yours now. Your property. Keep me lustfully sex-crazed and completely own me. Use me fully. I want to keep you always aroused and pleasured. Helen nodded. That's the spirit, Lisa. You're officially our real slave. We actually own you. How do you feel? Oh, my owners, I feel delicious. Scared but thrilled. Thank you for making my dream come true, I said. I looked gratefully at them, staring into their eyes with multiple conflicting emotions. Helen started smiling again too. I just know you will love this, even when we are being cruel. It would seem cruel to a stranger who doesn't understand, but to us, this is eroticism. To be continued. Well, possibly that was a tantalising place to cut the story off for this episode, but I feel like that's the point at which, having read now the whole of that chapter and recorded it, I recorded it all in one go um, and then cut it in half and then recorded this little bit afterwards. And having read the whole thing, I think this is a good point to leave it before things start heating up. A lot of tension building and... The details of the arrival, we had some nice little bits in there. <laughs> I especially like the little bits of chat they had on the plane and the <laughs> the bits of her actually enjoying what are normal relationship things uh, while she was fully clothed. A little bit of a red flag for me possibly in that, is Lisa doing this for the money to some extent? I think there's definitely something about the sister's wealth which puts her at ease. I mean... I found myself wondering a little bit, would she still be into doing this if they were completely broke? I'm not so sure. Um, but they are incredibly wealthy, it seems. Like, you know, they have this whole island with this amazing villa with cloth on the walls. I wonder if Fit and Trim is talking about tapestries or whether that's something that I don't know. I mean, as someone who's never visited a villa on a tropical island paradise... Uh, I don't know if that's a common thing for a very luxurious villa on a tropical island paradise. Maybe that, you know, having cloth on the walls is emblematic of wealth in, in that kind of environment. I don't know if that's if that's a common luxury, but certainly that's the way that Lisa views it as a, a luxurious thing. And it certainly is a very luxurious villa with what appears to be a ample veranda. And also there's two islands now. At one point we had mention of a second island with maybe not a villa, but at least a shack. And all of a sudden Helen's suggesting that they build a second villa or, or buy one from from Villas or Us, maybe. 
So I thought that was interesting. There's there's clearly a monetary element to this fantasy for Lisa. And I guess if you're coming up with a fantasy, why not make them wealthy? You know, if this is pure fantasy, then there's no limit to the amount of fantasy elements you can add. And of course, two wealthy lovers adds to that fantasy, sure. I loved the introduction of Gabriella. Pretty sure she's going to be involved at some point. Possibly a little clue that Lisa is maybe going to get bored of Sasa in the same way it's appeared that she's maybe a little bit bored with Helen. Lisa always looking for the next thing, it seems. And I also thought maybe Gabriella's story will come out. Maybe at one time or another, Gabriella was maybe in a relationship with one of the cousins or something like that. And that's how she originally became involved with the family. Maybe there was a contract for her to be a bit of a sex slave and it didn't work out and so maybe because she knew too much at that point the resolution was for there to be this sort of halfway house between her being a paid maid who goes away and has her single parent family but then also is available for a bit of bisexual canoodling as and when she encounters the opportunity. I thought it was funny also that Lisa only brought one set of clothes with her so a backing out was never really an option for her. She was never going to back out. She'd already committed by only bringing that one set of clothes that by her own admission were stinking and not comfortable to wear after a couple of days. So it seemed like she was always going to say yes to this, which, you know, is no surprise. We wouldn't have a story if she said no, would we? That would be a disappointing end to the series, wouldn't it? If she just went, actually not impressed by this island she'd rather be at home i thought also interesting that she threw the clothes away that might turn out to be a problem if her sisters and friends come and visit and she decides she doesn't want to be naked around them hopefully helen goes to fish those out of the bush at some point helen seems like she's a bit more sensible than everyone else on the island so maybe she'll think of that Um, but also i think maybe her friends would notice if you know, if they were there for a week on holiday and Lisa didn't change her clothes at all during that time, wouldn't that be a bit of a giveaway that there was something not quite right about this island paradise that their friend has suddenly jetted off to with her girlfriend? I mean, already the friends and family have got to be thinking, this sounds a bit fishy, you know. I I think seeing that person in the one set of clothes the whole time you were there to visit them might tip it over the edge into red flag territory. Anyway, I really like the sound of the island. It seems like a a full-on fantasy luxury paradise. Everything that Lisa had been dreaming of, with their own private boat to drive out there, and their own cabinet full of BDSM sex toys, which is conveniently near to the dock or wherever the boat's tied up, so that if they decide to abandon the island, then they've got all their essentials ready to go thought that was smart of them nice also that they're eating plenty of fruit and nice healthy bits and pieces i thought also nice that they have been very responsible with their drinking so far as stipulated in the contract and only had one glass of red wine each so sticking to the one bottle it does show this is quite this is quite a healthy uh, relationship these are people who have restraint to some degree you know, in some facets of their life. Anyway, I wish we could go through some comments. 
at the halfway point. Unfortunately, the format of the website Literotica doesn't allow for midway through comments. They're all at the end of each chapter, so we'll have to wait until next time for the comments. But there, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? If you've enjoyed this half of the chapter and you're gagging to finish it off, you can't wait, then by all means, feel free to go to literotica.com, search for Fit and Trim, uh, the author Fit and Trim, that's Fit and Trim, uh, nobody doesn't know how to spell that now. I've gone through it so many times, but it's with an N in the middle rather than a full and or an ampersand, uh, which some, sometimes you see instead of the full A-N-D of and. You can go to Literotica and search for them as an author to see all of the chapters of Lesbian Slave Island. And you can browse them and peruse them and read them at your leisure. You, know, you can even go back and read some of the previous ones ahead of next episode or you could go ahead if you wanted to read the rest of this one and beyond go all the way to chapter 18 which is the final one having just had a little look at uh, just a really brief glance I don't want to spoil it for myself but just a brief glance at some of the future episodes or some of the future chapters they all look a bit longer like this one so it could be that this two-parter format for each chapter becomes a regular occurrence on this podcast because I want to keep I don't want to go over 40 minutes in the episode that seems a bit too long of your time to take up a bit you know who's got the attention span for that certainly not me but so yeah we might have more episodes that are split up like this in the future even though it would be my preference to do a kind of full chapter in each episode I just think it goes on too long and better to keep things snappy and, and under 40 minutes. Anyway, it, with that in mind, I'm not going to waffle on for too much longer. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, think about supporting the podcast if you can see a way to do that. Um, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But um, if there is that, then do that. And I'll see you for the next part of Chapter 8 very soon. All right, cheerio then. Goodbye. It would seem cruel to a stranger who doesn't understand, but to us, this is eroticism. <laughs>